When planning the road to success, there are a few steps to keep in mind. Identifying and solving the cause, facing and embracing change, goal setting, and being accountable. We'll talk about this today on Sustainable Success with Chris Salem. New and healthier habits lead to prosperity in all areas of your life and business. Now, here's your host, Chris Salem. Well, welcome everybody and hope everyone's having a wonderful week. It is just a beautiful week here in the New York City area. Uh, Sometimes I don't even feel like summer's coming. It's been very mild, but I cannot complain. Very low humidity and just beautiful weather. We hope the same is uh, for you wherever you are around the world. And we want to welcome those people that are new to Sustainable Success. You found us here at the Voice America Influencers Channel. And we also encourage you to follow us on Apple as well and our Facebook page at 20, face, uh, Sustainable Success 2017. That's Sustainable Success 2017. We are committed here at Sustainable Success to bring in experts and guests sharing their words of wisdom from their personal experience, helping you to take your personal success and business to the next level. So we encourage you to reach out, let us know what your feedback is, your comments, because that information helps us to help you further in terms of the content that we bring to the table each and every week through our leading experts and subject matter uh, gurus. So with that being said, our show is being brought to you today by Alumni Direct. Alumni Direct is a new social media community platform dedicated to bringing alumni together from all different generational types, takes all the noise out of social media, and an opportunity to develop genuine, authentic relationships on your time without all the noise of typical social media. So this is a great place to really build solid relationships and and rekindle old relationships, meet new people. And perhaps you might land your next new job opportunity or meet your next new business partner here at Alumni Direct. It is also an affinity-based program offering a wide array of different services that you normally would not get in your business as an entrepreneur. Feel free to reach out to them at alumnidirect.com. That's alumnidirect.com. Well, we have a great show for you today. We're going to be talking about grit and grace. And I really love this topic. And matter of fact, we've been getting a lot of buzz around this here on social media around the topic and, and how fitting it is around everything that, you know, as a society or, you know, the world in general, what we've been going through and how resiliency is just the really the key to really you know, overcoming challenges and persevering through any obstacles to really embrace your process to be, to become and do more and whatever that means to you. And we have with us today, uh, Christine Handy. And Christine is going to be covering this with you from her own personal experience. She always says there's always purpose in pain and we have to be willing to share the story. And that's exactly what she came here today to do. Christine is a speaker, best-selling author, and a breast cancer survivor. Her harrowing experience of debilitating illness and triumph uplifts and inspires audiences of all types. Her personal journey from a world of superficiality to a world of friendship, loyalty, and love encourages her listeners to be their best selves in all aspects of life. Again, her motto is, there's always purpose in pain. She's also a longtime uh model and on the board of two non-profits. And without further ado, we welcome Christine Handy to the show. Christine, how are you doing today? 
I'm doing great. I'm also in the New York area, which I'm enjoying your weather as well. I'm from, I live in Miami, so this is a reprieve from the heat. Oh, yes, it is. And normally at this point in time of year, we, we it's no different than Miami. It's, uh, you know, 85 with a lot of humidity, but we're, for some reason, we're getting a break here and I'm going to, I'm going to take it as long as I can. Likewise. So we are so grateful to have you here on the show and, and to be here. And let's talk about, before we get into a little bit about your backstory, let's just kind of set the stage of what, you know, grit and grace is, you know, and how people can look at this for whatever perspective they're coming from and helping them to move forward. So I would say in the simplest of forms, I believe grit and grace is conquering each day with those things, right? And how I've done that in my life is I've been through very traumatic seasons of my life. And during the first couple traumatic seasons of my life, I didn't live a very grit and graceful life. I lived a very, I lived a life dependent on outside accolades, but also on, I focused and I meditated on the outcome. And it wasn't until I was diagnosed with breast cancer where I was like, gosh, I mean, all this time and all this worry and all this fixation on the outcome when the outcome was going to be the outcome regardless, it had nothing to do with how much I worried about it. And so when I was diagnosed with cancer and I faced 28 rounds of chemotherapy, and now I've had like 15 surgeries, good thing I didn't know that at the time. But when I started to not focus on the outcome and I just focused on my courage every single day, that to me is grit and grace. You don't, if we meditate on, okay, well, what if I'm going to die of breast cancer? What if I don't get through chemotherapy? What if the, the disease comes back? Like those, th those things are valid questions. But if we focus on that, then we have constant fear. We have constant worry. And so for me, I wake up every day. I know I have the strength for today. I know I have hope for tomorrow. And whatever trauma season I'm in or whatever good season I'm in, I don't focus on what's coming next. I focus on today. I show grit and grace to the world, to the, my platforms. And that's how I live my life each day. Wow. You know, it, it, I mean, would it be, I mean, it's sometimes again, you know, what you just stated, it's like bringing everything into the moment, embracing that process. And, you know, as people, we get caught up in being in the past and the future and we're tied to these expectations and that create all this level of worry, anxiety, stress, and so on. I mean, you went through this really difficult time in your life, you know, and and it really, but in a way, it, would it be safe to say there were some some blessings in that, in that what you, where you are today and how you look at life and how you approach your business? Sure. I mean, I had altruistic impulses before all of my illnesses. Um, but after the trauma, I was deeply committed to altruism as a, as a, just a daily force of life, right? The, from the moment I wake up to the moment I go to bed, there's some sort of altruism at each step of the way. And before I was just happy enough to just write a check. Now I like want to get into, you know, deeply involved with helping other people, however I can, whether that's on social media, whether that's being interviewed, radio, TV, it doesn't matter. If I can use my story of tremendous pain and, and, and don't get me wrong. I, I haven't always been like this. Like I said, I was 100% on dependent on materialism. Like if I get this bag, if I go buy this necklace, if I, if my husband loves me a little bit more, if I have this group of friends, then maybe I'm worth something, right? And I was a model. And so if I get this job, then maybe that will be enough for me. 
But you know what? When you're faced with pain, physical, emotional, disease, illness, trauma, those things don't keep you warm at night. And so you have to figure out pretty quickly, like, what are you dependent on? And for me, it was a great shift from being dependent on materialism and society's accolades. And again, what kind of modeling job I was getting to dependent on faith and, and my and security and my own self-esteem. Like when I didn't have a very good self-esteem, my decision making was terrible. And so I devote my life right now to trying to teach people what does that mean? How does that look like? How do you develop a self-esteem muscle? How do you develop a self, self-love muscle? And those things are critical to your future. And again, going back to the focus, whatever you focus on, you become, period. If you focus on materialism, you become an excellent spender. And I was really good at it. But when I started to focus on altruism, I became an excellent server in the world. And that's, that's the shift. Yeah. And it's so true. Uh, you know, one of the things that we have advocated over the years here at Sustainable Success is, you know, how we think is how we will be. How we be is what we become. What we become is what we do. And how we do things different is how our results will be a byproduct. Of that. And you are like what you focus on is so true is what ends up, you know, materializing in the outside world of what, you know, what you're doing on a daily basis from the inside. So what would be some of the things that, you know, some, you, you covered some of the things you've gone through. What would be some other, you know, lessons and insights that you could share with the audience that might be going through a difficult time in their life or in their business and they're just not seeing it in, in you know, that this is happening for them. They're seeing it, you know, from a negative point of seeing it happening to them. Okay. So one thing that I do love to talk about is that, and especially now we've seen this all throughout the news lately is tomorrow is promised to nobody. And at 41, when you're diagnosed with cancer and, and somebody says to you, this is your percentile chance of survival. I never in a million years thought that my life would be shortened. I just thought I'll live till I'm in mid eighties, whatever. I'm healthy. I'm a self-proclaimed athlete. I, I don't come from a family that has a bunch of cancer and I, I eat healthy and all these other things. And so when I realized that tomorrow was not promised to me, my life quickly changed. I, I focus on different things. And so what I mean by what you focus is on is when I was focusing on going out and having lunch with my friends and going shopping, and that was my day-to-day activity, that was pretty empty and depleting. But when I started to focus on listening to podcasts that were uplifting, focusing on, for me, faith-based music, right? The difference in music is extraordinary right now. There's, There's music that is so violent, right? And when you listen to it, it agitates you. Well, don't choose to listen to that type of music. Choose to listen to some more peaceful music. And I can't tell you how different you feel throughout your day. I don't choose to watch news because, I mean, I'll get enough news throughout the day. It's like plastered everywhere we look. But if I, if like, especially during the pandemic, when I was focused on watching the news and I'm sitting there on my computer working versus focused on listening to a podcast that was life-giving in the background, my day looked very different. When I was watching the news or listening to the news in the background, I started to feel anxious and upset and unsettled. But when I had life-giving podcasts in the back and just listening to it while I'm on my computer, I felt settled and I felt more calm. And so it's what we listen to. It's what we watch on TV. When I was focused on watching E! News and Bravo Entertainment, 
I was constantly comparing myself to other people, right? Well, I'm not, I'm never going to be pretty enough. I'm never going to be young enough, right? That constant judgment and that constant competition, it's just, it slaughters your self-esteem. So when I focused on not watching those shows and I switched to documentaries, then I was constantly learning. So it's like these little shifts in your day, which can multiply, right? And the other thing yeah. about those things, the other thing about those things is you can, like when it started to manifest in my life, I started to show it to my friends and my family and my sons shifted, right? And there was this like wave effect of the people around me. And it wasn't like I was trying to teach them, but my behavior was in essence trying, you know, was, was teaching them. And so, and, and the last part of the puzzle, at least for me, is I have to really take my thoughts captive whether it's in business, whether it's in relationally, whether it's in, you know, just day-to-day -day life and expectations. If I say to myself, you know what, you're not going to get this client or you're not going to, I just walked in New York Fashion Week. If I had said to me, myself, oh, you're, you're too old to walk in New York Fashion Week. I, I got to tell you, I would never have been hired to do that. But instead, I, I take my thoughts captive and I say, no, you're worthy. You're going to get this. You are you're a hard worker. You've been modeling for 40 years. This is not out of sight for you. And so it's really what we tell ourselves within our own head that is critical. Yeah. So, so true. And I love what you just said there. And, and would you, would you, would you say that, you know, you know, when you talked about like you created, you got to, you got to create your environment, you know, would you say that, you know, having some structure and a routine to making those, that shift, is important. Christine, would you say that, you know, again, somebody that's looking to, you know, kind of get out of their own way and, or, you know, kind of turn their business around if, if they're looking at it from that perspective, again, having some, stru having structure and having a routine to kind of think in a different way to kind of how it reflects in what you do. Well, I mean, personally, I do that. I, I literally yep. wake up, I, I literally wake up every day and I know that on my plate is going to be leading, inspiring, and in, in some way I'm going to make money from that. Um, but if that, if that's like my goal, right? I mean, I, I, I need to make money like everybody else. So it has to be a business for me as well. But if that's my goal and I, and I take each day and I work really hard, like I, I don't know a lot of people that work as much as I do, but when I focus and work really hard, I know that if I'm not meditating on, okay, tomorrow, today I didn't get like this brand, but if I don't focus on that, I just focus on the fact that I'm doing my best job every single day, it's going to come. Then I'm free of that worry. I'm free of that like trauma and the difficulty getting through the day. And it, and it does come. Yeah. Yeah. It's oh so true. Again, we can only control what we can and we have to let go of what we can't and getting, fo you know, focusing on the things you can control to create, you know, to choose the, you know, your attitude and, and how you look at things. It makes a big, big difference now. So, uh, so. And, and I think what's also important is that you can have a lot of balls in different directions. So like when I wanted, after I finished chemotherapy, I hadn't worked in a long time. I was a model from a very young age and I modeled for like 30 years. And when I went through chemotherapy and I obviously wasn't working then, um, I came out of chemotherapy and I said, okay, I want to shift. I had already made a shift in my life, but what am I going to do going forward? So I wrote a book and that once the book was published, I, I decided, okay, well, I can inspire and lead through a book. Now I can inspire and lead. I have a platform. I'm going to take that book and I'm going to start speaking. And then I was speaking in prisons and then I was speaking at a national level. And then I was like, okay, now I'm going to get into social media and I'm going to use that as a platform to show hope to teach women what self-esteem is 
And then I went even further and said, okay, well, I need to be, I would like to be a better writer. I'd like to be um, more prolific in my writing. And so I went back to school. I'm getting my master's degree at Harvard in creative writing and literature. And so when my focus on was shifted from, okay, just being a model, not that that's not enough. It is enough. I still model. But when I shifted my focus to do all of these other things, one thing led to another, which led to another, which led to the other, but it was all in that same like focus of altruism, right? And so it, you can have a bunch of balls in different directions, but those things, if they're all in the same focus, that will lead to more success, I believe. It's, it's, I've, it's proven in my own life. Yeah. No, so, so I've true for myself, like, you know, how, uh, you know, how a daily routine and how I, you know, I, how I think in a different way, how to attach from expectations to outcomes. And that took yeah. time, how that just changed my whole outlook on life. And again, I can't control everything you know you can't do that but 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 if i could control my communication my behavior my attitude my emotions happening for me and and my action that's all i can do and then you know obviously that will you know has a in my opinion a better effect long term on more favorable outcomes than the than the other so uh and you've illustrated that quite clearly yeah exactly that's so true wow so we got a we got a few minutes uh, left to the break. What would be, you know, like when you know, like like when you went through this, like when you talked about having cancer, and during mm-hmm. that time, it's you know, what was that feeling? Because there, there's some people that are you know could be going through a life changing event right now, or they, it could be something in their business. Maybe their business went uh, they went out of business, and they're in this place now, like oh my god, what what what's going to happen? Can you just talk about that feeling, you know, to close out this segment, like where, what was that feeling initially and how you were able to now turn that into something positive? Well, that was my third illness and I didn't have, I don't, I didn't have like little illnesses. I had like major catastrophes that happened. And so by the time I was diagnosed with breast cancer, I was completely broken and I, I was like treading water. There was a point where I was just like, okay, I quit. I give up. I can't wait to die. Because going back, like I started, again, I started modeling at such a young age. I was so dependent on what I looked like and my external value. I had no clue as to who I was inside. And, mm. and, to, make, and to make that even further, like I didn't even know what I wanted to, I liked to do, right? Because I got married and I liked to do what my husband liked to do. And I liked to do what my kids liked to do. And I was, you know, when I was diagnosed with cancer and, you know, everything stopped, right? I mean, I was in complete shock and and trauma. And I just looked around at my life and thought, is this where I even want to be? Like, were these my decisions? And and a lot of them weren't because I, my decision-making was based on a low self-esteem. Like I didn't feel Mm -hmm. worthy of people's love. And so that shock, that initial shock started to wear off. And I, and, and you can, when you're forced into trauma, like, and when people lose their jobs, of course, we've seen that so much in the past couple of years, you can, it's a, you have to be very careful how you come out of that, right? We can be so angry with the world and we can be so angry with lots of expectations, right? That doesn't get you anywhere. That doesn't feed your family. That doesn't fuel anybody, right? That kind of anger and that backpack of disappointment. We have to figure out a way to have self-forgiveness and forgiveness of uh, that the society didn't show up for us. You know what? We are, we are raised in this, in this culture, in this community, 
of the, the United States to believe that society will uplift us and carry us. That's a bunch of bullshit. Yeah, they, no, I agree. And so and we've seen so much in the last couple of years. And so it's like, you know, yep. figuring out who you are and what you believe in and, and standing firm in that, that is the only way we can move forward. But if you are dependent on external value and external accolades, all of that is quicksand. It can, can be taken away so quickly. Uh, you illustrated that so well. And I want to kind of carry off when we go into the second segment and, and really expand on that. We got to go to break right now. But think about that audience, what she said. That is so important. We're going to expand upon that when we come back. We got to go to break, but we'll be right back. What is balance? It's being true to your purpose and not being distracted by shiny objects. Surrounding yourself with family and loved ones. Nurturing your spirituality. Maintaining a healthy balance of emotional and physical wellness. And being present in the moment. Chris Salem creates awareness about eliminating limited beliefs or unblocking mindset barriers for entrepreneurs, sales professionals, business leaders, and professional athletes to have sustainable success at the next level. The solution evolves out of resolving the root cause to the problem. The issue is that many people and businesses manage the problem but do not address the root cause to it. You now have the opportunity to live your life and operate your business in the solution rather than the effect of your challenges. Schedule a time to chat about your goals and the person you desire to be by going to ChristopherSalem.com. We have group consultation calls, one-on-one, and other programs to assist you. It will be the best thing you do for yourself to see how sustainable success is possible for you in your life and business. Join us at the next level. Visit ChristopherSalem.com. This is the Voice America Influencers Channel. Be inspired. You are listening to Sustainable Success with Chris Salem. Call into our program today at 1-866-472-5795. Again, that's 1-866-472-5795. Or send an email to Chris at ChristopherSalem.com. Now... Back to Sustainable Success. Well, welcome back, everybody. We're here with uh, Christine Handy. We're talking about grit and grace. Again, she's a mother of two and a breast cancer survivor, also a speaker, best-selling author. And she has just been laying down a lot of golden nuggets here in terms of how we can be more resilient, not just during situational uh, times, but you know, every day and how this can really change the dynamic of our lives and our businesses moving forward. So, Christine, you were, you know, towards the end of the last segment, and, you know, maybe we have some people that sometimes join in uh, after the second segment. Um, we, we had talked about, you had talked about, again, how you went from being a person that was more kind of outside yourself, focused on the external side of your being, to going within, and how important that is that can change the way we think and detach ourselves from the things that we used to think were important, were not as important and really, really to live a a, a fuller life and, and, and also, you know, to do more in our businesses. If we can kind of expand a little bit more on that for the audience and those that just joined in that are listening. Sure. I mean, that's really why I started what I did. That's why I wrote my book because my sense of self-love and my self-esteem did not exist. 
But people would have never said that about me. I was a model. I was the beautiful girl, right? I mean, people from the outside looked at me and like, oh, she has everything. And the truth was I felt empty because I didn't know who I was. I was so dependent on my external beauty or clinging to accolades from the outside world. And my life was very transactional. And that, and I was shown that from a very young age. Like when I started modeling it as a child, you know, it became very transactional. A photographer would say, oh, if you do this free shoot for me, I'll get you with this client. And so I just thought the world was transactional. And that's how I lived my life, whether it was relationally or in, the commu- in my community or whether it was in the corporate world. That's how I, I, I moved through the world. And when I started to kind of have these hiccups in life and in my external beauty was just stripped away and the things that I thought mattered materialism and again, beauty and who you hung out with and what street I lived on when those things were stripped away from my life, I was left with who I was and man, I had no clue. And so, I mean, I really had no clue. I was like, what do you like to do? And I have no idea. So I decided that I probably wasn't the only one that felt that way. So I started to talk about it. And when we get caught up in the external, then we get less caught up in ourselves, right? And I don't mean that from an ego or a pride perspective. We need to get caught up in ourselves. We need to figure out like what drives us, what keeps us up at night. And those types of questions are really important because if you're in a career path that really doesn't, you know, excite you. And, you know, other types of industries are keeping you up at like that excite you. You might have to make a change because if we're just trying to do what people expect us to do or people want us to do, that's going to run out. That's like quicksand. And so my emptiness inside, which I think is true of so many people, but we don't talk about it enough, was not sustaining me. And I ultimately, through 15 months of chemotherapy and a ton of introspective time, like even though, even when I was just like literally vomiting in the bathroom for hours after chemotherapy, I would sit, I would sit there on the, lay there on the floor. And I would say to myself, okay, I'm going to find peace in knowing me, who are you? And what can, you know, how do we figure this out? And so when I started to go through that introspection, and I figured out who I was, I I thought to myself, there's got to be other people that have had have have stopped, you know, their life because they couldn't sustain this kind of lack of self esteem, maybe I can teach them. And, and when I stopped living a life of transaction, that kind of freed me up to be more of who I was. And so I would take a look at, you know, your life and, and what you depend on, right? If it's outside accolades, if it's materialism, if it's, I don't know, I mean, if it's alcoholism, if it's your drink at the end of the night, whatever it is, if that's sustaining you, go for it. But if it's not, I would think a little bit more deeply and go, okay, what keeps me up at night? Who am I? What do I like to do? What do I do? What do I want to do for the community? What do I want to work on each and every day? Those are those are critical questions. No, absolutely. And I and like you said, I mean, it's like taking that inventory, you know, some of the things like, and again, a lot of times like we we tend to overlook when we're so caught up in the outside world and not going within. And uh, and sometimes it's not easy to go within. I know it took it was a difficult process for me when I went through that, you know, several years ago and, but, you know, looking back, it was like, wow, God, if I had not done that, I don't know what would have happened with my life or my career. You know, it may not have turned out the way it is, you know, today. It's so true. And again, like for years, I didn't want to go look inside because I was afraid of that person. You know what I mean? Like, 
I was just comfortable in the mediocrity of my life. I had never really made a lot of money in the modeling world. I'd made enough money. But when I gave that up, and again, I still do model, but from a, it's from a different perspective. Um, yep. but, when, but when I gave that up and I said to myself, no, you can do different. You can do more with your life. And, and it's not that modeling wasn't enough, but it wasn't sustaining me. And so when I was like, I had always wanted to write a book my whole life, but I never felt self-confident enough to do it. And to be quite honest with you, I really didn't know what the story would be. And so after I went through all of these illnesses and all of this trauma, I thought to myself, I've got the story. I'm going to show that the other person, you know, the external person, and I'm going to show the introspective person and I'm going to, I'm in, in a fictional way and I'm going to show the shift. And so maybe that can teach somebody, maybe that can save somebody from all the pain and the trauma that I went through from making really bad decisions. And I think when your self-esteem and your self sense of self-love doesn't exist, you surround yourself with people like that. But when I rebuilt my self-esteem on a solid ground, I've surrounded myself with incredible people who work hard and who've been successful in their careers. And, and when you also don't compare your life with other people, it frees you up to cheer other people on. And when you're kind of free, you know, of, the pride and the ego of worrying about what other people think of you, it, it makes more space in your life to not only cheer other people on and, and watch their success grow, but watch them cheer you on. And it opens up a world of different, right? It's just a different mentality and it's a different outcome. And again, I go back to this all the time, but if you're not so focused on, like if you're in a difficult situation with work or trauma, with illness or disease, or in a painful situation with family, I, it's hard if you meditate on the outcome, because you'll be constant, in constant fear and worry. If yeah, you just focus yeah. on today and how can I get through today with the courage I have and the grit and the grace I have, you, it'll be such a smoother transition. No, I, it's so, so true. I remember, you know, back when, you know, when I first started adopting a daily routine, because I mean, I was all over the place having ADHD and constantly being in a fight or flight state. I couldn't keep still. I was all over the place. But when I learned to develop some, a foundation where, where I got up at a certain time and, you know, and I had to do, use discipline and being consistent for that to happen and then began to make my bed, meditate, journal, you know, work out, uh, read. But that discipline and consistency over time that developed that foundation it started to change like everything. Like my thinking got more clear. I was more focused. In this case, the focus came out. As, and I was, and I began, like you said, to be in the moment. Like I began to not catch myself reacting out of fear to situations where I'd be in the past and the future and, and how I was looking at things. I would be, I can bring it back into the moment and just, you know, focus on what I could control at that moment. And, and then let go of what I could not control. And that changed my life over time. And sounds like that what you're sharing the same, if not similar thing that you've seen you know, through your experience. Well, I, I, don't, I don't think this is off topic, but when, I, when we react, you brought up reactions and we all are going to go through really difficult seasons of our life. And our reaction is so critical. And, and when I stopped control, when my reaction was stopped being controlled by my pride or my ego or by malice, right? If somebody hurt me, then I would get that. Uh, well, I mean, I think one of my first thoughts was, oh, I'm going to get, get that person back. This is, a, this is not fair. 
But when I, yeah. but I mean, <laughs> and that's a natural reaction. Don't get me wrong. And I do believe that there's three ways to react in, in everything. Every watch this throughout their day, pride and ego. We react out of pride and ego. Like, Oh, that person doesn't think I'm good enough or um, that person slighted me or whatever. That's pride and ego. If you react out of malice, that's like, Oh, I'm going to get that person back. Or if you re react out of compassion, your the whole peacefulness inside of your body and, and throughout the day changes dramatically. And so people are going to offend us and people are going to judge us. That's just true of everybody in this world. But if we react out of compassion to those situations and to those um, difficulties in our life, then we have this kind of inner peace. And that, again, goes back to self-esteem because you don't if you have a strong self-esteem, you don't need to get somebody back and you don't really care so much about like what people think of me. And so when I like when my pride, my ego was stripped away, when I went through ke ke cancer and chemotherapy and all of that stuff that I used to depend on when all that was gone. And I, I was looking at my young kids and going, am I going to be able to be their mother? Like, I, I quickly realized there was no U-Haul behind the hearse. Like, this stuff didn't matter. Like, people's opinion of me didn't matter. What mattered was loving my children, being their mother, loving myself, and, and getting through each day with courage. And so I just went, I shifted how I reacted to people. And, and I shifted how I reacted to, you know, lots of, yeah. like, illness and trauma. I didn't react out of anger and malice. I react out of compassion for myself. Yeah, I think you made a great, great point, you know, with the compassion, you know, coming from compassion for yourself, others, empathy and kindness to others rather than pleasing and enabling. You weren't looking for sympathy. Right. It was about like, what could I do for myself? Because, yes, people can help you. But but but, but if I'm going to if I'm going to get better at something or I'm going to overcome something if i'm going to improve something that i i have to take ownership of that that's not the responsibility of someone else somebody can compliment that and help sure right but we're not dependent upon that and i and that's what i got from what you just said and and how that can you know change the outlook of where you are and where you're going agree yes yeah wow i love that so what would be like, what would be, you, you've already talked about some of these things like it. Now, if somebody is, you know, they're hearing this, what you just talked about, you know, kind of like what I just backed up with my experience, yeah. what would, what would you share with the, the listeners of like, what would be the first steps or a process they could start making those shifts? I would, you know, like from what you share. Yeah. I would take your thoughts captive. I would listen to your voice inside of yourself and hear what you're talking about, talking to yourself and what you're talking about yourself. I mean, it's as simple as like, for instance, I play tennis and sometimes honest to God, like I, I caught myself a couple months ago and I would, I hit this ball and it was not a good shot. And I said to myself, you suck. I literally said it out loud. And the minute I said it, I took that thought captive and I, and then I re I restated it. And I said, no, you don't suck. That was just not a great shot. You're a good tennis player. And you're doing the best you can. It's really that critical. We have to take our thoughts captive because we can criticize ourselves all day long. Oh, I wasn't good on that radio show. Oh, I wasn't good enough in with this friend. I wasn't whatever. I mean, it, there's so many examples throughout your day. But if you take your thought to, thoughts captive on a day-to-day -day basis and you negate the negativity and you are so much more compassionate with yourself and talk kindly to yourself, 
then I think that starts the shift. That's the first thing that I would do to create a different shift in, in your life. And again, it's not like my life is great. I mean, I'm, there's tons of stuff in my life that are difficult. I'm in chronic pain for one thing. And I have some, you know, relational issues and things like that. And it's not like I, I don't recognize that those things are going on my life with my life. But I recognize that I'm not going to react out of malice to the people that are creating chaos in my life. And I'm going to react and be compassionate with myself. And, and, and that starts with self-talk. Yeah. The self-talk is so, so key. I, as I, as I, that was like one of the things that I, I could not, you know, uh, confront. Cause I always, I called that, I used to call it the inner critic versus my inner champion. I, I could never face my inner critic. And, and now when I was able to kind of look within that, I didn't have to listen to that inner critic. I could choose to, you know, look at, look at myself in a compassionate way. I could actually learn to love myself unconditionally from within. Now that didn't happen naturally. It took time, but I, uh, you know, I had to kind of let go of these things that I thought defined me and, and quickly realized what, you know, how, how all that stuff was a bunch of lies, you know, that I've been led to believe or, you know, wherever they came from. And uh, so, so true. So what would be, besides like, you know, again, you know, changing how you communicate to yourself and coming from a place of compassion, what could be other things you could share, you know, that uh, as part of that process? Well, I'll go back to the really difficult seasons of my life. I had to really discern who was championing for me and who was against me during those times. And, off, you know, I had bullies in my life and, and some of the bullies in my life would say to me, you know what, you're a hypochondriac, you go to the doctor too much. And I would listen to that and go, oh, gosh, I didn't realize I was a hypochondriac. The truth was I wasn't a hypochondriac. It's just that they didn't want to deal with the fact that I was sick. And so I had to gently get rid of those people in my life because I could have believed those lies, right? And so first it's self-talk. And then it's looking at and discerning who you're surrounding yourself with and what other voices in your life you're listening to. If you have family and friends that are tearing you apart or saying, okay, you're not good enough. You're not going to accomplish that goal. You're not, you, you don't know how to write a book. You've never been trained to do that. Why would you think that you could write a book? If those voices in your life, you have to gently get rid of those people in a, you know, again, in a kind way out of compassion, but those voice, those voices can hurt you. They can cause harm in your life because you can start to meditate on that and believe them. So yeah. that would be the second step. Wow. Yeah, I, I agree. I know limiting beliefs were a major factor in, in uh, my codependent behavior and my perfectionism, the, you know, that need for validation because I didn't get it growing up from my father and I was always seeking it out in other people. So, so true. So, it, you know, Christine, we're, we're heading into the break. We got about, like, about less than a minute here. If 30 seconds, if you could really just summarize some of the key points that you talked about in the second segment with, uh, you know, with the process. I think self-esteem is critical in good decision-making. It starts from listening to your own voice inside your head. It starts with the negativity and the self-talk that's not helping you. And, it, and secondly, it, the second point is listening to other people. Who are you listening to? What voices are you listening to? Discern the good ones. Nice. Well, I totally agree. So everybody that's listening, I hope you're taking notes. Uh, again, you can uh, listen to the show in its entirety here Later today here on Voice America at Sustainable Success, if you will join, you know, during the second segment, 
these are some really great insights that that Christine is sharing from her personal experience. I can relate in so many ways having a similar path, you know, and perhaps you do too. It may not be the same story, but something very similar. So this is something we're not alone, but, you know, take the, you know, look, learn from one another. Let, you know, as Christine is a resource here, sharing from her experience, being the example and how you too can do this for yourself and where you are in your business. Well, we got to go to break, but we got more to come with Christine Handy, Grit and Grace, and we'll be right back. What is balance? It's being true to your purpose and not being distracted by shiny objects, surrounding yourself with family and loved ones, nurturing your spirituality, maintaining healthy balance of emotional and physical wellness, and being present in the moment. Chris Salem creates awareness about unblocking mindset barriers for sales professionals, business leaders, entrepreneurs, and all types of people to have sustainable success at the next level. The solution evolves out of the problem or challenge. The issue is that many people and businesses manage the effect but do not address the root cause. You now have an opportunity to live your life and operate your business in the solution rather than the effect of your challenges. Schedule a time to chat about your goals and the person you desire to be by going to ChristopherSalem.com. We have group consulting calls, one-on-one, and other programs to assist you. It will be the best thing you do for yourself to see how sustainable success is possible for you in your life and business. Join us at the next level. Visit ChristopherSalem.com. We don't follow, we lead. Join us, the Voice America Influencers Channel. You are listening to Sustainable Success with Chris Salem. Call into our program today at 1-866-472-5795. Again, that's 1-866-472-5795. Or send an email to Chris at ChristopherSalem.com. Now, back to Sustainable Success. Well, welcome back. We're talking about Grit and Grace. We're here with Christine Handy. Our show is being brought to you today by Alumni Direct. Again, a new social media community platform dedicated to bringing alumni together from all different generational types, an opportunity to rekindle old relationships and develop new ones, taking out all the noise of social media and an opportunity to create long-term sustainable and, and highly genuine uh, relationships with sharing all types of different content that help you to connect at a deeper level. Feel free to check them out at alumnidirect.com. That's alumnidirect.com. So Christine, we you have shared so much w- wisdom here uh, over the course of the show, over the last couple of segments, you know, talking about your harrowing story and, you know, how that helped to build your foundation and your process and how you, you know, you know, live your life from grit and grace to be and become more. Let's talk about a little bit more about the, you know, they always say, I don't know, it's not literally that these are muscles, but let's just use it because it sounds good. But like our emotional muscles, like how we're able to really manage that during this process. Because, you know, emotions, I, I always like to say are happening for us, not to us. And, but yet they're, you know, those feelings are real. So if you could talk a little bit about that from your perspective to how it relates to grit and grace. Yeah, I think, first of all, it's such an important topic because these types of things really should be taught to younger people. 
younger men and younger women. I've never heard, I had never heard the developing muscles from an emotional perspective until I started to do all this introspection when I was going through chemotherapy at 41. Like had I, had somebody introduced that concept in my young 20s or even in my high school years, I would have made really different decisions because I would have taken some time. We all have like time throughout our day where we could be thinking about or meditating on those types of conversations. And so I, I think that should be like a takeaway from this. Like we should go do that, Chris. I mean, we should... <laughs> We should be talking to younger audiences about this. Yes. I mean, like, for instance, when I, when I finished my chemotherapy, I had this thing called brain fog and it's called, it's also called chemo brain. And there are some people out in the world that don't believe it exists. And listen, I could have been, I could have been one of that, one of those people that said, okay, well, I'm having all this brain fog and I don't know why I can't remember short. I don't have a short-term memory and I don't know why I don't have a long-term memory and I don't know why it's so hard for me to read. Or I could have listened to other people who said, no, no, chemo brain is a real thing and this exists and those types of things. And I realized it existed because there was oftentimes I would drive down the street and if there was nobody on the road and I was taking a right or a left, I would forget which side of the street to drive on. That's not an exaggeration. And so I would pull my car over and wait to see where somebody else was driving and which direction before I would get back on the road. That's how bad my chemo brain was. And I couldn't rely on society. I couldn't rely on doctors to say, yeah, this is, a, this is a thing or this isn't a thing. I had to rely on myself and, and my self-esteem to say, okay, this exists. What am I going to do about it? And so I started to seek out schools. You know, in the short term, I would do puzzles and things like that to kind of help my brain. But I knew that I needed more than that. So what did I do? I applied to Harvard and I've been in Harvard for three years and that's completely changed all of those cognitive skills that were kind of stripped from me when I went through chemotherapy. I've rebuilt that muscle. I rebuilt that muscle in my, in my brain. It's the same thing that we do each and every day by taking thoughts captive, by rebuilding our self-esteem. If we are talking negatively to us, we are developing that internal dialogue, that muscle of self-loathing or of self-disgust, right? But if we're working on a muscle, like a self-esteem muscle and a sense, a sense of lo- self-love muscle, then we're going to not say those negative thoughts. Another thing that I do to, to nurture that muscle, that emotional substance muscle that I work on every, every day, by the way, you know, we, we can talk about this because Chris, you and I have done this work, but it's, it's a process and it takes a long time. And I don't want anybody listening to think, oh, you know, I did that for a couple of days and it didn't work. So I'm going to go back to feeling like bad inside. That's, that's not what we're talking about here. We're talking about years and years of work and I still do this work. And so when I gave up the dependency on society to fill my cup and I decided that what I was going to do, what I was going to build a foundation was on developing a faith muscle. Then I, then I nurtured that faith muscle. If I continued that muscle of distrust and, and, and constantly, you know, that dependency on external then I would have developed that muscle. So it's really that important to ask yourself, like, what are you dependent on? And if you are not dependent on self-love and self-care and, and developing that muscle, that emotional introspective muscle that you need, then that's a decision that's a focus that I truly believe can be life-changing. And it, it, will, it will change your life in, in so many different relations, you know, and relationally, it'll change your life and work. And it, it, it just is like this, this equalizer in inside yourself. It's almost like this piece where 
for me, I didn't have that piece for 41 years. I didn't even know it existed. But when I worked on that muscle, and like I said, continue to, to do, that was life changing for me. And that's sustaining, like that's rooted in like concrete, right? It wasn't rooted oh, yeah. in like, right? I mean, it, it's not rooted in like external the accolades where that's like quicksand. I mean, if somebody says, okay, I don't like what you look like, or I don't like you like in a relationship, man, that would have crushed me. That doesn't crush me anymore. If somebody says to me, you know what? I'm not interested in dating you or I'm not interested in being your friend. I'm like, okay. Like that frees me just to be, have space with other people. I, that doesn't take, I don't take that personally anymore. Exactly. But that's building a different muscle, right? And, and you made a great point about the, about building the muscle, right? Just like we go to the gym and, you know, we we're working out, building our muscles. It's, it's also those emotional, we got to keep doing it. It's not something like you do and you graduate. It, it's that, it's, it's that process that's continuous. And that's what sustains what you just said. It, what I got from what you just sta stated, Christine. Yeah. And, and the other thing, like our mindset and what we speak is so critical in developing that muscle. For instance, I always say that I have post-traumatic wisdom, but to be totally honest with you, for a long time, I had PTSD. But when I shifted and said to myself, okay, you, you may have PS PTSD, but I'm going to shift that and, and say you have post-traumatic wisdom. I started to have post-traumatic wisdom. I started to use my story to help other people. And I changed that label into something that was productive, into something that was positive. It's that focus, right? It's developing that internal muscle of self-care and self-esteem. And how can I use this to help other people? It's that mentality of altruism. Yeah. So, so true. I like what you just said. And you know what? It's so powerful that when we can, when we can do that for ourselves on a continuous basis, and we're human, again, we, you know, that's why it's a process. We, we, we're such a better example and a resource for others around us. It's like, it's, you're helping, you're not only helping, you're not helping yourself, you're filling your cup, but you're helping other people through your example. So it's like a win-win to my, my eyes. Yeah. Know, it's like it, a wave effect. It, it's, it's, you know, and, and the, one of the greatest joys of my life is inspiring. One of the greatest joys of my life is being able to shore, to share like the difficulties and the mistakes that I made. And, and that's not, that's not, that doesn't come from pride, right? That's like, some people would be too ashamed to say all the things that I did wrong, but it, it comes from a space of like being compassionate to myself and being compassionate to the world and being a champion and a cheerleader for the community around me and for uh, other people. Because if we just share our stories of success, that doesn't help anybody. That just makes people feel bad. And it, it, it says to them, like, I'm not good enough. No, we need to share the good, the bad, and the ugly so that people don't feel alone in their day-to-day -day life. Yeah, that's so true. I think, like you said, it, it, it's part of, it's like, I always look at it as, as, as part of my role and duties each day as a human being, Either, whether as a father, a, a husband, you know, uh, you know a, a trusted advisor in my business here on this show, whatever the case may be, that's the kind of thing that I, I take, you know, that I, I, I have to be that example and that resource on a daily basis. Mm -hmm. But if we have the mentality of this is a privilege, what we do, this is a privilege to cheer people on, people are going to see that and go, huh, it is a privilege. Maybe I should cheer on my kid more. Maybe I should cheer on my spouse more. Maybe I should cheer on my friends more. And that can have a wave effect, right? Yeah. 
No, it does. It does have a wave effect. And like I said, we can't control what somebody's going to do with our, our example and our resourcefulness, but that's not our responsibility. But, you know, the old me, <laughs> when I was caught up in the control, I couldn't control. And, and, you know, and I didn't understand what grit and grace was all about at the time. You know, I, I, I would absolutely, you know, fight tooth and nail to, to control it in other people and, and lose every time. So yeah, it's just, it, it's just knowing that, Hey, you can just show up and just be that example, empower them, inspire them to do the same for themselves. That's what I love, what I just heard from you. Well, and the other thing is going back to what you just said is a lot of us have been disappointed in our formative years, right? That is almost universal. <laughs> I'm sure my kids will be in therapy from, you know, the neglect. I, I hope not, but you know, I mean, we all make mistakes, but yes. if we continue to carry that baggage and we have unforgiveness in our life for other people, including ourselves, that, that leads to disaster. Listen to what you just said. You, you, you took that, you took that pain and you took that disappointment and you modeled that in your life. But when you shift it and you realize like, okay, that was put on me during my formative years. I'm not going to carry that narrative. I'm going to let go of that disappointment. And you shifted. That's a choice, right? And so maybe if we talk about that and say, you know what, the formative years weren't the best, but you can change that. You don't have to continue with that story or that tape in your head. That's a choice that you have every single day. No, it's so, so true. We do have that choice. And that's just it, what you just said. It's a choice. It, and and when you can see that, like what you said, that, you know, these emotional muscles that we, we, these things are happening for us and we have to, we have to do our part to do the work, what you, what you just stated. And, and as long as we can do that each and every day, then we're, we're, we're stepping into our power more and what we can control. Christine, we're coming near the end of the show. We have less than a few minutes till the end of the show. I wanted to make sure that the audience has an opportunity to reach out to you. You know, what is the best way to contact you? Uh, anything that you're, you're uh, you know, where you're going to be, where somebody can see you or anything you like to offer them? Yeah, sure. I have a great website. It's uh, christinehandy.com. It has a lot of my interviews and hopefully some post-traumatic wisdom that you can listen to. But I'm also on most social media. I'm on um, Instagram at Christine Handy One. I'm also on Facebook at Christine Handy One. And I believe my Pinterest is Christine Handy One. And, you know, I'm on Twitter. And it's, you know, if you Google Christine Handy, a fair amount of stuff will come up. Fortunately, it's all good. So far, so good. Um, <laughs> but I, I do love talking to people. I love mentoring people. I, I, I have the privilege of speaking in prisons and I speak to women's groups and women of wall street and all these different organizations. And I have, I feel like it's such a privilege and such a responsibility to share the mistakes that I went through and, and listen to people and talk to people and hopefully nurture other people so that they don't have to go through what I went through. Well, Christine, this, I want to thank you so much for taking your time out of your day here while you're in New York to be with us and share your, your personal story, words of wisdom. It is so greatly appreciated, and we are honored to have you here today. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Thank you. And, get, and listeners, we want to thank you each and every week for joining us here at Sustainable Success. Again, this show is dedicated to helping you you reach the next level in your personal success and your business. Again, we will continue each week to bring in guests uh, like Christine to come in to share from the heart, share from their personal experience. So through that relatability and understanding, 
you're able to take that and choose what you decide to move your life and your business forward. Hope everyone enjoys the rest of your day like I am going to do here in the New York area. Have a great day, everyone, and we'll see you next Thursday. Thank you for tuning in to Sustainable Success. Be sure to join Chris Salem and his guests every Thursday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time and 12 noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Have an incredible week.